What is up, Ansel? How's it going, man? Good, Christian. How are you? How was your backpacking? It was really great, man. Uh, went uh, to Yellowstone and then Jackson Hole for about a week. It was really great too. just unplug. Eventually, though, by the end of the week, I was in, in Jackson Hole and I, I couldn't stay off Twitter. So there's just like too much craziness going on. So I had to I had to get right back into the fold before vacation was over. Well, when is the Fed Jackson Hole meeting? Isn't that uh, like in February or something like that? That would be a good time to go to Jackson Hole right there. Yeah, we, maybe we can uh, stake it out, <laughs> stake it out in February. Watch the Fed from there. It's a nice stick place to, to hang out, go skiing. Stick the microphone in Jay Powell's face and ask him ask him about Bitcoin. Yeah, let's get Jay Powell on the show. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, for you guys that uh, are new to the show or haven't listened to our most recent show from two weeks ago, we had Danielle DiMartino Booth on on the show, and uh, it, it was a great it was a great podcast. Uh, it's been doing really well. She had some hot takes in there. Ansel reacted to them in his latest Bitcoin and Markets. So if you're not subscribed to Bitcoin and Markets, go look it up inside of your feed. Go check him out on Twitter. But uh, he he dropped his reactions to some of the things that she said. Uh, she's a Fed insider and not a Bitcoiner per se. So, you know, there's definitely some things that you Bitcoiners will agree and not agree with. Um, Ansel, you want to give a quick shout to uh, Bitcoin and Markets as well as the Bitcoin Dictionary? Yeah, BitcoinandMarkets.com. I did release uh, an episode reacting to the Diamartino Booth um, interview that we did. It's uh, about, you know, I replay that interview for my, my listeners over there and then do about 20 minutes of reaction. So I, I cover everything from her takes on the W-shaped recovery to inflation versus deflation, China, India, and Bitcoin, of course. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's a full show, but uh, I, I hope we get some other great guests on because I, I think that if people haven't listened to, to that episode, they need to go back and listen to it because it is a very good, insightful podcast on just what these fed insiders are thinking and how they think. So anyways, uh, also you have to plug that book, Bitcoin dictionary.cc will take you to Amazon where you can buy the Bitcoin dictionary. All right. Well, we have a pretty big fed update here. We have two weeks worth of news packed in here. Do you want to jump into the fed and now announcement and what's going on there? Yeah. So the fed um, announced this back on, I believe, like the ninth or something, I'd have to pull up the exact uh, date here, but um, they, they announced this, they're working on Fed now. And it really, it's just a payment network. It's like a re- replacement for ACH. It's kind of like a mix between maybe a wire transfer and a credit card transaction. Um, so it's a payment, it's a payment rail. Um, it's not a CBDC. It is not a, a cryptocurrency of any sort. It is just a payments rail. So um, it's been in the works for a long time. I think they first announced it in 2013. Um, They've been slowly working on it. But of course, Libra kicked everybody in the ass last year. And a lot of these central banks are starting to come out with things and work on different projects around around payments and CBDCs and things. Um, This is the Fed's first kind of project. But they said they're not even going to launch it until 2021 or 2022. So it's, it's a long way off. Oh, sorry. I had those dates mixed up 2023 or 2024. Uh, So this is a long way off. And then if we talk about an actual fed coin on top of this fed now network payment network, 
I mean, that could be another four years after that. So um, all the people out there that are saying, oh, there's going to be like sovereign cryptocurrencies around the corner. They're just going to come out with something and replace Bitcoin. I mean, we're looking at a minimum of probably six to eight years before any of these things roll out in the West. Now in China, it might be a little bit different than that. It might be a little bit sooner, but um, you know, it's, we can talk about that the positives, the pros and the cons of um, different CBDCs. So I, I have two points on this first okay. with the projections for the payment network, 2023, 2024, where is Bitcoin going to be? Like I say mm. that to ETH heads a lot, like when ETH2 comes, but when Fed now payment network happens, like where is Bitcoin going to be? Because the open source system is, is just innovating every single day, right? And it's shipping and it's in the wild every single day. So I, I like, I just don't even like what by then it's like, is that too late? You know, like, I feel like, you know, the private sector plus Bitcoin is, is going to be way, way in front of Fed now. Um, and then secondly, kind of regarding have, you know, when will FedCoin be launched? I would argue that FedCoin already exists. It's just kind of in a more private banking-esque illusion. But, you know, USDC, even Tether, even though it's kind of more shadow banky, um, all of these things, you know, I, I consider to be FedCoin. Um, if you're not, if you're part of the US dollar system, it's still, you know, you know, either a derivative or you're still constrained to some degree to the U.S. dollar system. Yeah, we already have a digital dollar. Um, 99% of dollars are digital out there. So um, a Fed coin isn't going to be any different. Now, uh, Danielle did mention that um, Powell has said in the past, if there is a Fed coin, that it would be as private as cash. Um <laughs> Long. That is a <laughs> that's a pretty hard promise to uphold, but um, uh, yeah, that would be a difference between the digital dollars today that can be tracked versus a Fed coin that is anonymous. But is, if is that even possible? I don't think so. Is there political will to do that? Right. I don't think so. I yeah. think that that. But yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't have much else to add. What do you think of the idea that the existing state, like dollar backed stable coins are fed coin? Cause I, I, I firmly am behind that. Um, well, a fed coin would be legal tender and then there would be, I guess you could say tether would be if there was some sort of legal backing behind it. Um, now DeFi type stuff where it's actual, supposed to be decentralized that would not be fed coin because there's no like legal structure that no i'm not talking about like die i'm talking about just usdc paxos like these are u.s entities holding dollars in bank accounts gemini dollar that kind of stuff yeah yeah i would i would say that is uh to a degree fed coin yeah all right we agree um what's next uh Um, this there's a fed speech here yeah, so we, we don't have, like, we were going to do a hot take on this Danielle interview. Uh, you and I were going to maybe debrief it. We we're thinking about doing that, but I did that on my own podcast. So um, we don't, the only Bitcoin kind markets. Of, yeah, the only kind of the hot uh, takes. news items that we have here are this, this FedNow announcement. Um, I think a lot of people are 
think it's bigger than it is. I've, I've heard some gold bug people that I still listen to uh, saying, Oh, this was, this is a sign that fed coin is coming, that there's going to be sovereign cryptocurrencies are just around the corner. And of course that's not what the fed now announcement is. It's just a payment network. So uh, the other kind of news is this uh, Brainerd speech. She gave a speech and I would have to pull it up. Um, I don't know exactly where it was given. Let me see. At the Federal Reserve Board and the Bank of uh, Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco Innovation Office Hours. So she did it via webcast. And I have a few. This is well. Hold on. This is from the thirteenth, and I just have a few quotes here to pull out. Um, it was on a digital. It was a specifically an update on digital currency. So over the last week here, these two announcements from the Fed are related. The Fed now, and then this digital currency update. Um, so I just wanted to pull out some digital currency things. Um, quote, the introduction of Bitcoin and the subsequent emergence of stable coins with predominant, uh, with potentially global reach, such as face Facebook's Libra, have raised fundamental questions about legal and regulatory safeguards, financial stability, and the role of currency in society. As part of this research, so they're doing a bunch of, bunch of research, she, she said over the last few years, central banks are exploring the potential to, uh, of innovative technologies to offer a digital equivalent to cash. And then the last quote I have here, it's a little bit longer. Separately, a, separately, a significant policy process would be required to consider the issuance of a CBDC along with extensive deliberations and engagement with other parts of the federal government and a board set of other stakeholders. Man, I'm, I'm doing a bad job reading this. There are also important legal considerations. It is important to understand how the existing provisions of the Federal Reserve Act with regard to currency issuance apply to a CBDC and whether a CBDC would have legal tender status, depending on the design. The Federal Reserve has not made a decision whether to undertake such a significant policy process as we are taking the time and effort to understand the significant implications of digital currencies and CBDCs around the globe. Um, so my takeaway is they understand that a real CBDC that's an, a legitimate contender to Bitcoin is not going to be the same as the dollar today. And they would need to do a lengthy legal process to make it legal tender, right? So it's going to be completely, it's, it's going to be a separate money. Does that make sense? So you don't see this as just like digitizing dollars and, you know, making them like, you know, movable with private keys. You see this as, as they're going to create a different thing with a different monetary policy that they'd have to distribute, um, you know, eventually as they create it. Is that what you, do you, do you see that is like what she's pointing to? Yes. I, I think to me, this is them admitting they know there's a difference there where for a long time we, we thought at least I as a Bitcoiner thought that they didn't know the difference that they thought that if they just released some equivalent to today's dollars in a digital form, that it would be a CBDC. But now she's saying here that no, they understand there's a difference. It needs to be a cash equivalent, uh, which Bitcoin is, but a, a dollar on Fed now is not necessarily 
that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, let's speculate here. Like, do you, do you think that the U S will release a cash equivalent or are they going to just give up that market to something else? Cause I mean, again, that's where I go and say there is already a cash equivalent and that's called USDC. And like, yeah, maybe it's not legal tender right now, but maybe you could see, you know, basket of these stable yeah, but, coins being declared. But you know, USDC is, here. is pegged though, right? So it's pegged to the old dollars. Um, this would be like a new thing. And um, it, it would be, I mean, it's dangerous. I think this, this type of CBDC that they're talking about here, that's a cash equivalent. Um would fit right into the wheelhouse of MMT that this is a new purely printable coin uh, that is separate from the existing dollar. I don't know what they would even call it. I guess they would call it a digital dollar or Fed like coin. USD credits or something like that. Something like and that. Like but it, everyone has to take credit and dollars until they eventually convert everyone to credit, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's dangerous to create a new money like this. Um, if you have a gold coin, you can't print as many gold coins because you have to have the gold to do that. Same with Bitcoin, obviously. Uh, but with this Fed coin or whatever they're going to Fed credits, um, there is no scarcity at all, and it goes right along with MMT. So, if there is an MMT that's going to blow up the system. Uh, Fed coin will probably be right along there with it. So, I mean, my question is, if they move away from the dollar, that effectively gets rid of the the dollar's kind of dominance in the world. Because right now the dollar is so powerful because contracts are in dollars. Like there's Lindy and there's a network around utilizing, storing and settling in dollars, nominating in dollars. Um, when you must change that or move that, then all of a sudden, like you kind of open the game for a competitor to, you know, take that, like, it's not just a given that it's going to swap over. Yeah. Well, there would be certain use cases that only U S credits could, could, uh, fulfill. And I don't know what exactly those would be, but they would have to have some separate use case to build a demand for them. Uh, I mean, we've seen before in the past with hyperinflations, uh, where like the Deutschmark got replaced by the Rettenmark. So I think it was like a trillion to one or something, you know, they revalued it. Um, so it could be something similar to that. I'm not saying the dollar is going to hyperinflate, but they could say, Hey, you know, 10 us, 10 us dollars equals one us credit token and go from there. And maybe us credit token could be used as some sort of, uh, I don't know, something to do with bank balances or um, even in repo or uh, with foreign banks, maybe how, how they, they trade with each other. I, I really don't know, but they would come up with some sort of use case like that. Um, uh, if you want to riff on this like subject a little more, cause I personally am very interested in, like, I'm not interested in shit coins. I'm interested in macro yeah. use cases of, you know, digital signature schemes and distributed ledgers and stuff like that, like stuff that, you know, digital banks are, are you know, central banks are going to use to potentially fight with Bitcoin. Like that's, that interests me. So like, what do you see if you see us moving towards, or if you see the Fed moving towards a, an era of CBDCs potentially, 
Like what, what does that do to like the future of the booming digital dollars or crypto dollars uh, as Nick Carter calls them? Yeah. Tether, I mean, Tether is the leader by far, but you know, obviously there are a couple of others that are also relevant in market size too. Um, well, they are like USDC. They're very compliant. So they, they, they'll probably just, the regulators will come to them and say, Hey, you need to, uh, we're going to trade out all of your dollars in your treasury or your, your accounts for the new us credits and USDC would do that. And it'd be a one-to-one swap maybe. Um, so I think the compliant ones are in a good, in good shape that I, th- this actually does put tether at a huge dis- disadvantage because, um, they are the least compliant out of the centralized stable coins. So um, I would say uh, this does favor like USDC and them. They would just switch over to the new credit system. And that might be an insight, uh, an in for these tokens to get started. Who knows? What do you think? I just have a sense that in order to compete, the easiest route is to just continue with the dollar standard and either create your own tokens that you issue and you manage like a similar situation, like a fed situ- you know, a fed essentially tokenizing dollars and like having accounts. Um, I feel like that just, that, that seems like the much more plausible thing. So either they go with the more free market way where anyone, anyone can apply to do it and, you know, you know, do it kind of like how it's been done so far um, in a compliant way, or the Fed just does it directly. Like I, I, I feel like creating a new currency. I mean, I feel like that right there, just that will help. That will find that will finally destroy the U S the U S is global reserve status. I feel like that just is not going to happen. I kind of agree with you that that would be much easier. What I, I read out of this Brainerd speech is, is she saying that, um, central banks are exploring the potential of innovative technologies to offer a digital equivalent of cash, which a digital dollar one-to-one pegged or swapped for current dollars. It's going to be under the current dollar regulatory system, right? And so it wouldn't be a cash equivalent unless you're saying that they're going to, these tokens, there's going to be no KYC. There's going to be none of that kind of stuff uh, on on-ramp to get onto the, the new fed credit token or whatever we call it. Uh, that would be an equivalent to cash, but I think they think they know that they, to be different and to have get any benefit, they need to make a completely new currency. I mean, again, like I would, I don't know if the fed would adopt open source standards, but theoretically they could, they could push this out on one or multiple public blockchains and just have it be, you know, compliant with standards of, you know, keys and sending across these public networks. Like, I don't, like, even something that's, like, pseudo-compliant, like Ripple or Stellar, like, they could mandate that you use that wallet, but still anyone can, like, spin it up, you know, with whatever system they have. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to just spitball, like, different avenues for them to create digital cash without actually compromising the dollar. Cause I just don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. There's they, they, they're doing the same thing we are right now. <laughs> they're trying to figure this out. They don't know. They don't know any better than we know. I guarantee you that we, we just had a fed insider on interviewed her 
and she didn't understand this stuff. So I'm, I guarantee you the other fed people don't really understand. I mean, they probably have some quants or, you know, whatever, some uh, really smart uh, coders or mathematicians there at the fed and they might understand the difference here, but most of them don't. The policymakers at the fed definitely do not understand what's going on here. So we are, we're breaking new ground just in this conversation, I'm sure. All right. Well, if the fed, if, Fed employees and insiders knew it was good for them. They would be listening to Fed Watch. Um, let's <laughs> let's dive into Bitcoin and obviously the leader in the open source standard. And um, you know what we are really excited about uh, is uh, Monday. Uh, what is this today? The seventeenth of August, and uh, Bitcoin is booming. Bitcoin price is booming. Bitcoin hash is booming. It seems as though there's going to be another Bitcoin bull run with lots of shit coins rolling as well. Um, you know, how are you feeling right now? Like 12K, it's been a long time. I'm getting flashbacks of 2019. And I wrote about this in my last... Uh, 2019? Last ma- What'd I say? You said 19, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting flashbacks of 2019 when the uh, price went from 4,200 up to 14,000 like in two months. I the, think the we Bitcoin could- 2019 pump. Yeah, I think we could do the exact same thing here. Um, But if we can get through that 2019 high, uh, it's clear sailing to the all-time high, man. Uh, It's going to go fast, I have a feeling. Everything is so frothy, like across the board. It's not just Bitcoin. So like, why wouldn't Bitcoin just go up with if everything else is going up? Like Bitcoin is very, you know, it has everything going for it, so it can just keep going up. Yeah, and all these big names like the Microsoft, strategy announcement. Um, I saw a former CEO of Prudential Insurance, which is the largest insurance company in the world. Um, He was interviewed by Forbes or something like that. And he said, buy Bitcoin. So it's, it's getting out there. People are, uh, people are come flooding in. And I think I I did write in my member newsletter today that, you know, it's Bitcoin is going to front run these people. So, it's probably going to go really fat, really high, really quick. And then, you know, be stagnant for six months. So I think we could see an all time high here pretty soon. And then six months of boring after that. Can you imagine people being bored at above 20 K? <laughs> yeah. If it's going down <laughs> after yeah, that, I guess grinding down is painful. Um, yeah. But Hey, that's where you make the money during the grind down. It's okay to buy knives. Sometimes it's okay to buy knives, especially if you're uh, managing your risk. And I, I'm personally a fan of dollar cost averaging. Not everyone agrees with that. Um, so I guess there's a lot of new people jumping into Bitcoin. Like obviously there's hype around it. Like what do you think are the most salient narratives? Like personally, like hate it or love it. I think S2F is really something that helped Bitcoin gain some ground in the macrosphere. Oh yeah. Scarcity, 100%. That is the big narrative right now. Um, it's, it's, I would say it's bigger than like a digital gold narrative, even though they're related, but just the word, like just saying Bitcoin is the scarcest thing out there to invest in. Um, that goes a long way. Uh, and so I think we're going to hear more and more of that, especially as you know, Bitcoin's mooning and we say, if you buy your, if you stack your sats now, you own that much of the network forever. Um, it's going to appeal to a lot of people. So, yeah. 
There's there's been some tweets about you you should value your ownership of a token like Bitcoin as percentage of network. Um, and I would agree. I've actually been thinking of my ownership of Bitcoin network as the percentage of the network uh, for a few years. And uh, I think it's been a fruitful way for me to think about stacking. Yeah, uh, I we talked about this, my friends and I, back, I don't know, 2014 or so. And we said, oh, only this many more people will ever own more Bitcoin than us or can own more Bitcoin than us. And then Adam Meister, he had a whole thing where, you know, you want to try This was back in 2015, 16. And he was saying, get 21 Bitcoins because then you have one millionth of the network. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that kind of idea has been around for, for a while. Now it's probably 2.1 Bitcoins is, is a significant portion for many people. Yeah, absolutely. And in my opinion, I think that's uh, quite the feat if you think of the potential of the Bitcoin network is uh, yes. having having what it was at one tenth of a millionth of the network. Yep. Um, so, I mean, any like what what's your feeling here? You're on uh, you're on record saying that altcoins are going to die. They're never going to reach the top. Things are <laughs> frothy right now. Like I, like. I think it's obvious that uh, this is like a Bitcoin run thing, but there's a lot of room for illiquid shit coins to move and even, you know, Ethereum to move. Like, is this bull run going to be bigger than the last? Is it going to be different? Is it going to look similar? Like what, what should we expect here? Yeah. Uh, I'm on record saying that they altcoins will not surpass their previous all time high of roughly 500 billion. But, uh, and right now we're sitting at what 150 billion for altcoins, so they and that's including stablecoins. And so my bet is not including stablecoins, which is already a significant portion. I mean, it's probably uh, 20. No, what is it like 15 billion of that is stablecoins. So, um, yeah, I still agree with that. I think um, altcoins exist in Bitcoin shadow, uh, and. Bitcoin has CME futures. Bitcoin has these traditional uh, investment things. Um, they, they have grayscale. Ethereum also has grayscale, but um, it's, Bitcoin's is much more uh, established. Um, they have like this micro strategy that's buying Bitcoin as part of their treasury and their, their cash balance. Um, sorry, my kids are making noise over there. Uh, there is, We're going to see a lot more companies fast during this run. Yeah. I, I really think so. I really think so. I mean, every Bitcoin company kind of does it. What do you mean? Blockstream. Uh, a lot of Bitcoin companies like have a Bitcoin treasury. Like they are companies that denominate their value in Bitcoin already. And now oh, we're yeah. seeing non-Bitcoin companies also start doing that. Yeah. And, and when, when are the sovereigns coming in? That's the question. All right, Ansel, this is a good show. I think there's a good spot to, to end it. Bitcoin's looking bullish. Fed is stewing on how to create a Fed dollar or Fed coin or Fed whatever. Check out the Danielle Booth reaction on Bitcoin and markets. Check out the interview on, on FedWatch. Check out all of this stuff at Bitcoin Magazine. I'm CK Snarks. Ansel, where can people find you? Bitcoinandmarkets.com. Uh, also, BitcoinDictionary.cc. It's 180 terms that every Bitcoiner should know, and every Bitcoiner should uh, get in 
to learn when they first come into Bitcoin. So bitcoindictionary.cc. Awesome. All right. Peace, guys. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.